Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, happy Labor Day, everyone. Uh, it's fun to see everybody like packing up and going somewhere, squeezing in last summer vacation, uh, even driving in on 283 today. I couldn't believe the amount of cars on the road. So I thought I would pack up as well uh, because not everybody else gets to have all the fun, right? But I'm going to pack up uh, and I think I'm going to serve someone because, you know, who, who doesn't like being served and who doesn't like serving? So that's, I think, how we're going to start off today. And Kelly, correct? Yes. Right here in the front row. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, how many kids do you have now? Do I need two hands? Am I right? Correct. Uh, six? S- at home. At home, yeah, at home, yeah. It doesn't matter where they are, but six. <laughs> and you know that you probably serve a lot to your kids. I do. You do, yeah. So I don't think anybody's going to argue that anybody else deserves to be served more than you do today, right? There's, yeah, see, look at that. Nobody's going to argue with that. Now, I have a bit uh, of a thought process, for, and I don't know if this is nurture versus nature or what this is. Uh, some of us just naturally, we, we like to serve, and some of us, mm, honestly, naturally, we like to be served. Which would be more natural for you? Serving, so this is going to be incredibly awkward for you. Okay, so just 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 go with it. So I like here's what I think, just to make your time a little bit more comfortable. If you're okay, uh, you might need to hold that beverage for her just for a moment. There you go. There you. Let's just turn that on. There you go. Just you just enjoy. You just enjoy that. All right. There you go. See, we're here to serve you, and and I know you already had something from the cafe, but. I'd like to offer you a cold beverage because I don't have any hot beverages with me. Uh, sweet tea, not your thing? Uh, no. No? <laughs> Iced coffee? Uh, no. No? Is there a water in there? I, I um, water, water or wine? Coke and coffee mixed together? <laughs> no? Co- no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. S- what about sparkling water? No sugar? That's good. Uh, yep. Black cherry? Me? Um, Ginger is Denise, so which do you go for? Black, black, black cherry. cherry. All right, wonderful, wonderful. And, and then um, just a, a quick question here. Uh, we have three big words here at our church that you see all over the place. It might even be on the screen behind me. Don't look if it is. It's all right. That we talk about as our discipleship process. Do you have any idea what those three big words are that you hear maybe over and over here at Crossroads? Anybody, anybody want to help her out? I have six kids, remember. You have six out. kids. I'm you don't know. <laughs> who, who said them? Worship, serve, and connect. And because they are correct, you get a three musketeers bar, okay? That, 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 that is perfect. So thank you for all the ways that you served. I just enjoy being served here this morning during this time. And, you know, the thing about worship, serve, connect, and it's our three big words uh, because Jesus made his disciples. The discipleship process, they worshiped together, uh, they served together, and they were always together in those smaller groups. And we might like to think that what Jesus did for his three years of ministry is that he took the disciples, you know, just away into the mountains for three intensive years of like a holy huddle of only studying. And that's all that they did. But that's not the case. He actively had them serving. As a matter of fact, again and again, you'll hear Jesus saying words like this. Now go and do likewise. He'd model, he'd put the example, he'd have them do the same thing. He would send them 
out. Because here's the reality. You, you grow as you serve. You mature as you serve. It's just part of that spiritual formation process. Serving's essential as we grow as disciples. And Jesus saying that and having his disciples serve as one thing, but the fact that Jesus modeled that again and again, he modeled serving those around them. That is just huge. As a matter of fact, Jesus says this about himself in Matthew 20, 28. We read these words. He says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, Jesus, fully God and fully man. Jesus, God in a bond. Jesus, who has like all authority in heaven and on earth. He didn't cling to power. He didn't hold on to privilege. And you know, this is so radical at this point in history. Before there were nations like ours where people voted and there was like a peaceful transition to power. Well before that, at this time, there were what? There were kings. There were queens. There were dictators, supreme leaders. Then there were czars. There were emperors. And for all of those people, power was something to be held tightly to. I mean, they clung to power. They pushed other people out of their way to make sure they held on to power. They were really comfortable using their power to benefit themselves at the expense of those without power. And they were incredibly comfortable being served by those around them and not serving anyone in return. And Jesus turns the world upside down. The one with access to unlimited power, to ultimate power, doesn't expect to be served, but to serve in turn. Listen to the way the Apostle Paul describes Jesus in Philippians. He says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave. Now, this was God's plan. Jesus born of humble beginnings, living as a humble servant leader, died the death of a common criminal. And let's just be honest. If you and I were God, if we got to be God, our plan would probably look quite different, wouldn't it? It would be, okay, Jesus is going to be born into a household of power or privilege or at least wealth. And Jesus is going to restore Jerusalem. He's going to kick the Roman authority out. Uh, Jesus is going to establish, reestablish the nation of Israel. There's going to be this nation of like Jesus followers. That would be like our plan if you and I were in control, if you and I were God. But God was turning everything upside down through Jesus. He was showing, you know, this is the way that the world acts, but this is the way the kingdom of heaven is. This is the heart of the heavenly father. This is the way that it goes. 
And now you might be simply better than I. Maybe you don't struggle with some of the things that I struggle with, but man, I need a reminder. I need a reminder of some of the things that Paul reminds us is all part of Jesus. Let me just sort of paraphrase this and put this in a little bit of a a different way. Because see, it's all too easy to find myself being selfish, trying to impress others, thinking of myself as better than others, looking out for my own interest. Does that ever happen to you? Maybe when you're tired, exhausted, or wore out, when you're running constantly? Have you ever experienced any of these things in your life? And here's what the cure is. And and Jesus knew this, and he demonstrated this. The cure to keep yourself out of all of these traps. The cure is simply to serve others in the name of Jesus. Serving others changes the way that we view the world around us. We begin to see the world the way that God sees the world. We see other people the way that God sees the world as he sees them, as we serve others in Jesus' name. See, something happens when you take your eyes off of yourself and you begin to serve other people. I always loved the opening line of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, what over 50 million copies sold. Opening line of that book was simply what? It's not about you. I love that. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's putting our eyes on God. It's serving others in Jesus' name. And with that comes a sense of fulfillment and purpose and growth. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 20, where Jesus describes that he did not come to be served, but to serve. What's the context for Jesus making that statement? What's going on that Jesus gets to this point? See, what's going on is a loving mother's request. If you're not familiar with the story, it reads like this. And the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, Jesus asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. It's a loving mom's request, right? Come on. My sons, they're good guys. They've been following you. They've been doing what you've asked of them. It's a simple request. Just give them the two top seats. Jesus, you're in the center. Give them those positions of power and privilege. One at your left, one at your right. And the result of this loving mom's request is we get what Jesus is all about. He came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And word of this mother's request gets out. And then we get this formative teaching from Jesus. He goes on, and when the 10 heard about this, they were indignant. And we're like, yeah, duh, right? Uh, When the 10 heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. So Jesus called them together and said, come on, guys, come on. You, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you. Not so with you. You know those rulers of the Gentiles who lorded over them? Not so with you, but instead... Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be 
your slave. Jesus is turning the world upside down. And he describes the experience of much of human history. This is the way it's always been. But you, my, my disciples, you, my followers, not so with you. My church, my bride, not so with them. The way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you will look and treat other people, not so with you. It's incredibly, incredibly different. And that's what makes you and I Jesus followers. That's what makes the bride of Christ stand out in the world. Because, man, when we live in, by what Jesus taught us to do and we serve the world around us, we stand out. When we don't cling to power, we stand out out. We're different from the world around us. And I'm going to gladly tell you that, man, I would love for you to find a place to serve, to serve at Crossroads, to serve your community. I would love for you to serve. It's like a win-win-win, right? You understand that. You know, other people are going to be influenced. Uh, People are going to be cared for and loved. People are going to be taught and nurtured and developed. But even as you serve others, however you serve, you're going to grow. Because when we serve, we spiritually mature, we grow. And we draw others to God. But there's so much more good news about serving than just that. I mean, it goes on the list of things. If you're familiar with Tony Morgan and the Unstuck Church, just did a high data dump uh, collecting from thousands of churches on this area of serving. I just released like a three-part podcast. And while the data is really new, like this is 2022 data, you're going to see it's not really all that new of information because not a lot has changed in 2,000 years. See, churches that have high levels of volunteer engagement, churches that have a lot of people serving, churches that take this whole thing seriously of serving one another and serving the world around them, here are some of the things that happen in those churches. This is what the data proves. There's greater unity, there's less financial challenges, there's less complaining, there's greater kingdom impact, and there's more spiritual growth. In other words, the more that a church has a percentage of their people serving, a high volunteer engagement, these are the things that are more likely to have. But who doesn't want this? I honestly, I want this, right? I mean, now come on, if you enjoy complaining, you don't want this. And we know, we know the people that usually complain the most, serve the least, and give the least. That's statistically true in any church in our country. But man, when we're all in it together, these are some of the great things that begin to happen. This past week was a really good eating week for me. I had like two breakfast appointments, two lunch appointments, one dinner appointment. And out of those five appointments, four of them were one-on-ones with church board members. And with these four church board members and just talking about life and what's going on, I made a note. Not one of them simply serves on church board. They all serve in different areas of ministries. Some of them are what I would refer to as the uber volunteers. I mean, they're serving, they're giving up hours upon hours of their time every week. And I said, hey, why, why, can you just tell me, I'm going to be preaching on serving this week. Why do you serve? Why is it that you are so in here at Crossroads? Why is it that you so give freely of your time? Why is it that you lean in in these ways? Here are some of their answers. You know you are part of something bigger than yourself when you serve. 
You find the right fit. You figure out what your gifts are and how they can best be used. Another person said you feel more connected. So you simply get to know more people. That sense of camaraderie. Another one said you get this greater sense of perspective of what God is doing in people's lives. The more that you serve, the more that you see that happening. One said, you're giving up of one of our greatest assets, our time. And the older that you get, the more that you realize that time is one of your greatest assets. And you're giving it up freely to serve others in Jesus' name. Another one said, you're participating in the mission of making disciples. Not just growing personally as a disciple, but helping others grow in turn. And the list goes on and on, and you might say some of those same things, or you might have some of your own answers for why you serve. But the reality is, is as you serve, you make a difference. Lives are changed. And I personally just want to thank you for all of you who serve on a regular basis in Jesus' name. I appreciate what you do. And I understand that it can be tough. You're giving up so much of yourself. And I also get this. There are times where you don't really, you can't see the difference that you're making. There are times that you don't even feel like you're making a difference. But I want to just assure you that you are making a difference in the lives of people, however you serve. It's past December. Uh, Denise and I went back to Florida uh, to the first church we served at full time. Got to have all those fun discussions one-on-one with people we used to do life and ministry with. One of the people we came across was Ken Frailing. He was an elder when we were serving there. And Denise got one-on-one with him and was able to talk to him and she so clearly remembered those hours that she was in a hospital preparing to still birth our third daughter. And Ken just sat there, often silently, in the room with her, for hours. She expressed what a difference his presence made in those moments. Ken couldn't even remember it. And that started a conversation of other ministries that he was a part of. He said, you know, just, just recently I was reminded, you know, we started this ministry there one day a week at church. We just simply, a couple of us elders gathered and we gave out like coffee and donuts in the morning. Recently, somebody came up to me, you know, that said, you know, you will never know what a difference that made in my life. That was the step for me reconnecting with my heavenly father, getting involved in a local church. Just went on to give different examples of how often we do something in Jesus' name and we don't see it, we don't feel it, we don't remember the difference that it makes in people's lives. This past week, we got word that Ken Freling, a very young 74 years old, passed away during a nap. And I fully believe that for you and I, when we reach that other side of eternity, we will be coming fully understanding of the difference that our serving in Jesus' name makes. That we'll see all the difference that our serving others in the name of Jesus makes in the world around us. So whatever you do, you come in here and you set up and you tear down chairs for a funeral. You serve and you create an environment where teenagers feel safe and they can talk and be heard. You do cleanup projects here around the church. You take meals to someone who has recently had a 
surgery. Whatever you do when you do it in Jesus' name, you are making a difference. The impact, the kingdom impact, is more than we will ever know this side of eternity, but the impact is real. I want to give you some rough stats for Crossroads. Uh, Any given Sunday, any given Sunday to make ministry here at Crossroads happen. Technology, worship team, welcome team, youth, you name it. It takes about 50 people serving every single Sunday just to make ministry happen here at Crossroads. Now let's go beyond Sunday. Not include Sunday, but go beyond Sunday. Any given week. So this could be youth ministry. This could be our small group leaders. This could be the financial team. This could be our our trustees building facility people. This could be all those things that happen beyond a Sunday. That's an additional 70 people serving. And so if you're sort of like doing the quick math, that would be 120 people. Take 120 people volunteering, serving, giving of their time just to make the current ministry here at Crossroads happen. We don't have 120 people serving, right? Because a lot of people are double or triple dipping, like they're, they're serving in a multitude of roles. But there continues to be room for people to serve and to be involved. There continues to be a high need for people to practice that serving part. Another data piece I want to tell you. Guys are always more willing to step onto a serving on a team before they tend to step into being a part of a community group. For most guys, it's easier to say yes to serving than it is to stepping into that community group. It's usually the order of how things happen. There's nothing wrong with that because as you serve, it's part of the discipleship process. Here's another data point from this recent study I want to share with you. I'll say it the opposite way. Churches with low volunteer engagement have 34% bigger boards and almost twice as many committees, right? In other words, when you have people constantly in meetings, less serving gets done. And sometimes somebody will come to me, a ministry leader or a staff member, and they're like, well, how often should my ministry team meet? And my answer is always the minimal amount possible. Don't meet once a month just to meet once a month. Meet how often you need to meet to accomplish the mission at hand. And then one last data point for you. Tony and his team asked the question, what keeps people from serving? What keeps people from serving? In other words, going to people who are currently serving and say, you know what, there were years that you know you didn't serve. What kept you from serving? Now, I automatically thought of one of these two things would be the top answer. Simply what you might guess that people are just so incredibly busy. They're busy. How do I have time to serve? Well, I was wrong. That wasn't one of the answers. The other answer that I thought that they would come up with would simply be this. I don't feel qualified. If you really knew what was going on in my life, if you knew who I really am, you wouldn't want me serving in these areas. I don't feel qualified. But once again, I was wrong. That isn't what kept people from serving. When it came down to it, the one word that they revealed that keeps people from serving was the word pride. Pride is the one thing that keeps 
us from serving. I don't want to explain that. Let me have some other people explain that. Billy Graham says it like this. When pride controls our lives, we end up thinking we are better than anyone else. Prideful people also have little love or compassion for others and are only interested in themselves. Most of all, prideful, a prideful person thinks they have little need for God, believing their way is always best. This is why pride is at the root of almost every other sin, because we think we can ignore God's ways. Yet Jesus modeled serving. Jesus had his disciples serve. Jesus said, go and do likewise. But that doesn't really apply to me. I don't need to do what Jesus says. Well, how about John Maxwell? Great leader of leader. John Maxwell explains it like this. He says, a person who is truly great is always willing to be little. But pride fights against servanthood because a proud person demands to be served. Serving others requires us to focus on their needs rather than our own. And this also reminds us of how we are part of something bigger than ourselves. Often when we think about Jesus serving, we think about that example that he gave, that humble example just towards the very end of his ministry before his arrest and death, crucifixion, resurrection. is where he kneels before his disciples and he washes their feet. Let's join that story in John. Towards the end, when he's washed the disciples' feet, Jesus has this to say. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. No, no brownie points right from just knowing them. God will bless you for doing them. The example he gave do as I have done, serve others. God will bless you for doing that, for serving others in Jesus' name. Knowledge must translate into action. James, the brother of Jesus, said it like how? He said, faith without works is dead. So as a church, as we've been engaging at a board and a staff and ministry team level. We've been talking about strategic planning. And one of the questions was, what are some of our major roadblocks? Just tell me what you think our major roadblocks are. Uh, both teams listed this one identically. Volunteers. We, we need more volunteers. And we're asking the question, do, do we just need more volunteers? Do we need a higher level of volunteer engagement? Or are we doing too much? In other words, do we really have a volunteer problem or a complexity problem. I want to tell you about some of our current needs as a church. I would say this is a huge one. Sixth and eighth grade guys, small group leader. And I know that that is like a huge ask because that's like a lot of time involvement. But Philip would love to talk to you about that. If you say, you know what, I can't do every week, he'd still love to have a conversation with you. We know that everybody says we want to have a great youth ministry and everybody agrees to have a great youth ministry. You need to have a lot of great youth leaders, volunteers, but getting the people to say yes to those intensive positions is incredibly hard. 
I mean, if you're a parent and you have young children, you want to make sure there's a great youth ministry for them to go into. One of the best things you can do is to start to serve in youth ministry now. Cindy said we need two small group leaders for elementary. Madison talked about preschool and nursery classroom volunteers. A little bit less of a need is some co-leaders for student ministry. We need some camera operators, sound and projection techs, just people who are willing to do some basic building maintenance to make sure things look good and operate around here. If you would love to get involved, or even just talk about any of these on your connection card, whether you're online or in person, it reads like this. I would like to talk to a staff member, ministry leader about serving at Crossroads. And I might be in just blank, just fill it in. You don't have to do any more than that. You're not making any commitment. It just allows someone to contact you. Now, here's my little reminder for you as you leave. As you leave, I want you to take a three musketeer candy bar, even if you don't like it, right? What was the slogan for three musketeers? If you remember the book, movie, TV, all for one and one for all. And one for all, doesn't that sound like Jesus, what he did as he served us one for all? And as we serve in Jesus' name, as we serve together, we are all for him, all for one. My only thing is this, take the candy bar if you eat it or if you give it away. As you eat it, as you give it away. Would you think of some volunteers here at Crossroads and just pray for them during that time as a way to encourage and bless them, to lift them up before Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the example that you gave us as you served us. You came not to be served, but to serve, to give your life as a ransom for many. And you modeled serving again and again and again throughout your time here on earth. And your instruction was to go and do likewise, to turn the world upside down, to stand out in a world that is power hungry by serving others in Jesus' name. And as we do that, your kingdom is expanded, you are glorified, and we grow, we mature, we are stretched. So may you continue to provide workers for the harvest field. May you continue to draw people to yourself. May we continue to have that privilege of working together in Jesus' name to point people to Jesus, to reconnect them with their Heavenly Father. We commit this, we pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.